0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and today I'm looking at Lament for the Third and Final Time, Part 3. On Monday, I did Part 1, and it was titled Pain Everywhere, but we often don't know how to express it. Part 2 was Yesterday titled, David, Job, and What About Complaining? Today I'm looking at what lament is and the importance of music. Now in part one, I looked at three biblical figures who allowed their grief to send them into a depression or anger or bitterness. And those were Jacob, Mrs. Job, and Naomi. In part two, I looked at what two biblical figures did right in their grief, according to God, David and Job. Today, as I said, the importance of music to help us when our grief turns to lamenting and what lament is. Now, Most people know that to lament means to express a deep sorrow or grief. We feel grief. But a lamentation is an action of expressing that grief. It could be cry out. It could be moaning and groaning. It could be singing. But it's the outward expression of that inward feeling. Ezra lamented over the desecrated state of Israel upon his return from exile. David lamented over King Saul's death. Jeremiah lamented over rampant national sin, so there could be various circumstances that prompt our lamentations. Webster's Dictionary defines lament as to express or feel sorrow, weep or wail, to mourn. Grief or sorrow expressed in complaints or cries, lamentation, wailing, moaning, or weeping, or an elegy or mournful ballad. In the Holman Treasury of Key Bible Words, we read this, quote, The pathos, emotion, and depth of feeling in the laments of the Old Testament show God's own heart. It is not merely the prophet who is lamenting, but God, through them, who was moved by the failure and destruction of his people. At Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he wept and offered a lamentation for the city. He realized the devastation that would again overtake it, reminiscent of Jeremiah's lament over Jerusalem's initial destruction. Luke 1941 to 44. While God's people are a people of praise, we are also to be a people of lamentation and weeping, especially over those things that threaten or befall God's people. End quote from Home and Treasury of Key Bible Words. In part one and two, I looked at the lamentations of Job and David through the Psalms, or the Book of Job, um, and they asked questions. They asked, like, "How long, O Lord?" Or why this, Lord? And there are ways to, asking those questions or forming those complaints are ways to communicate to God in prayer through the process of lamenting. And it's okay to ask those things. God knows what is in our heart already. It's not a surprise to him. So we read in 2 Chronicles twenty-five thirty-five. Jeremiah also uttered a lament for Josiah, and all the singing men and women have spoken of Josiah in their laments to this day. They made these a rule in Israel, and behold, they are written in the laments. In this day and age, we're often embarrassed by strong displays of emotion, especially grief. We stoically endure it, or we suppress it, or we present to the world a false joy around it. But the ball of grief, from whatever cause, is still there. And we'll see Christostom's lament below. He hardly found ways to express it, that ball of grief was so large. So how do we express it biblically then? the opportunity offered in a lament is to give us a chance to wrestle with sorrow instead of ignoring it or just quickly moving past it. Here's Christostom. Quote, I find the word of instruction broken off by lamentation. Scarcely am I able to open my mouth, to part my lips, to move my tongue, or to utter a syllable. So even like a curb, the weight of grief checks my tongue and keeps back what I would say. And I can relate to that. I have felt grief like that, scarcely open, able to open my lips or move my tongue. Now, lamenting should not be a cycle of tears for the sake of tears, devolving into self-absorbed grief. Lamenting is an expression to God. In that way, it is a prayer. And what it leads to is trusting him. It's actually a path for praise, or it should be. Now, when we cry out, we appeal, we ask questions, we even complain. In David's Psalms, there's always a turning point, though, when he says, but God, or yet you. So lamenting should be the hinge between this moment in my life is really hard and, but I trust in God's sovereignty. Now Mark Vrogop wrote a book called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. And he devised four Elements to a lament, which include one, turning to God in prayer; two, then bringing our complaints; three, asking boldly; and four, choosing to trust. Let's let's flesh those out a little bit now. One, turn to God in prayer. Sometimes when we feel such deep grief or sorrow. The last thing we want to do is pray. But that's the first thing we need to do. The act of clasping our hands together and appealing to God is an act of war against the flesh and the world and Satan. So do it. The importance of prayer is that it keeps us connected with God during a time when we are vulnerable to casting him off. Remember the song, prone to wander, God, I feel it. And the second element is to pour out your struggles. Ask your questions. Bring your complaints. And I discussed biblical complaining in part two. And third, when you lament, ask God boldly. But be specific in asking God to resolve your situation And be specific um, in asking him to do that in ways that are according to his character. And last, choose to trust him. Choose. Like any emotion, trusting is a choice. When, When we're in the valley of the shadow of death, walking that dark path under its dark clouds can obscure the light of God. Sometimes I felt like my grief would swallow me up. But this is where the rubber meets the road. We choose to trust that whatever situation brought the laments, it is for his good or his glory and our good. And with trust comes another choice, to be patient. Keep trusting even if the situation isn't resolved yet, or the waves of grief are still swamping your boat. Eventually, you will emerge. So those were some elements of what would include a lament. And now let's turn to music. Lament is actually a song of mourning or sorrow. Laments can be occasioned by bereavement or personal trouble or national disaster, or the judgment of God. That was from the Dictionary of Bible Themes. Lamentations are actually a form of music. One-third of the Psalms are songs of lament. But consider how few songs today are laments. But crying out to God in song is easier than just crying out for a lot of people. I would find it easier to cry out in song than just to cry out in prayer. The Hebrew word kinya is a technical, literary, and musical term describing a musical composition. Kinya is best translated as lamentation or lament or dirge according to the Holman Treasury of Key Bible Words. The, I'm going to quote um, and Treasury of Key Bible Words again. Quote, The pathos, emotion, and depth of feeling in the laments of the Old Testament show God's own heart. It is not merely the prophet who is lamenting, but God through them who was moved by the failure and destruction of his people. At Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he wept and offered a lamentation for the city. He realized the devastation that would overtake it, reminiscent of Jeremiah's lament over Jerusalem's initial destruction. While God's people are a people of praise, we are also to be a people of lamentation and weeping. Especially over those things, that threaten or befall God's people. That was the Holman um, treasury of key Bible words. I feel like I've read that one already. Anyway, in the blog, I posted a picture that has two songs, a modern song and an ancient hymn. The modern one is Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin. The ancient hymn um, by Thomas Kingo. Um, in 1689, I forget the title of it right this minute, but if you see the two lyrics, you can see how vastly different they are. In the hymn, we do see a turning point um, where the word yet, it's always but or yet when we turn our gaze upon God away from ourselves. In that hymn, it expresses his pain It pours out his complaint, he turns to God, it provides a path to praise, and the hymn ends with acknowledging his majesty. In the blog, you will see a link to a list, a lengthy list, of songs that are lamentations, based on lamentations, and even divided by denomination. Now, Horatio Spafford was a supporter of Dwight Moody in Chicago. Spafford was a successful lawyer, and he had bought property in North Chicago. A few months later, the Great Fire happened, and all his investments were destroyed. And just two years after that, Spafford's wife and four daughters, aged 12, 7, 4, and 18 months, were aboard a ship headed to Europe to meet up with Moody, while Spafford attended to business and planned to join them later. The daughters perished as their ship sank. The wife was, quote, saved alone, unquote, as she telegrammed her husband after rescue. That tragedy promoted Spafford to write the lament, It is well with my soul. And we see one stanza says, Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. Lamenting our losses and grief should always end with a childlike trust in God proclaiming his goodness. As Mark Rogop said, quote, "Lament is how you move from no to yes and from why to who." And, "Ultimately, lamenting should be all about God." Psalm 3.3 says, But you, Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I'll mention the further resources, some articles to further delve into this topic. I mentioned Mark Rogop's book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. There are hymns of lamentations. A list by denomination at hymnary.org. There's an essay at Desiring God Canada called The Art of Lament. And there's an article at Grace To You called The Only Way to Happiness, Mourn Over Sin. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast and the end of my series on lamenting. There's three parts, and this was the third. I thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.